Well, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Live Till 5. It's hard to believe we're already back to another Friday afternoon. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon, a little sprinkles out there. Uh, But if you're joining us for the very first time, this is our uh, very unique Friday afternoon radio show we have up here. A lot of different things. We have guests up here. We'll have uh, our famous game of, of what's in my coffee or what's in my drink is usually what it ends up being that we'll do a little later on in the show. Uh, you're also probably wondering, uh, that's not the voice of Jared Baldwin you're hearing. Uh, he is gone one more week in the States on recruiting trip. So Lawrence Nangest, uh, I'm in here hosting for him this weekend and uh, looking forward to a great time as we have a lot of different fun things planned in the show. We have first time guests with us today. Uh, Sebastian will be in later with the quiz. Uh, we'll have our all around good guy and radio show host and manager uh, bringing the news a little bit later, as well as a lot of knowledge in the quiz, of course. Um, but again, if you are catching us now and, and can't watch wall to wall or hear, listen to wall to wall, uh, you can always find us on the rebound noon to two on Saturdays and seven to nine on Sunday nights. We'd love to have you uh, listen in if you can. And then if you are maybe listening on the on the uh, I, uh, tune in radio app on your phone, or you can find us on KHMG. Uh, on the Facebook page, you can follow us there, and as well as um, on the uh, KHMG website, uh, you can tune in. So a lot of different ways you can listen to the show, and for those of you that are joining us right now, welcome Friday afternoon, the 19th of October. A lot of fun things happened this afternoon. So uh, for one, uh, our junior high boys soccer team is playing for basically the junior high championship this afternoon against St. John's at St. John's, so that's an exciting thing for them. Hope they play well. And then our middle school girls basketball wrapped up their season last night, did a great job. And uh, and then, of course, we are now in the middle of the high school seasons, looking forward to high school girls basketball and high school boys soccer starting even next week or the week following. So uh, one thing I'm going to do before uh, we go into Harvest Highlights and, and, and our Student of the Week and things like that is, is start with a story. Every time I host, which isn't a terrible often, terribly often, but um, I bring a story of the day, and then we're going to go a little bit into the theme of the day, and we're also going to give maybe a little bit of a, of a chat to uh, some of the sports things that have, have gone on, not just at Harvest, but in the um, professional arena, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But my story of the day, uh, to kick things off here on a Friday afternoon, is an interesting one. Uh, I like art. Um, I don't love it enough to spend millions of dollars on an art piece, as some might, but uh, I like it enough to buy some myself. But what we have here is um, a, a, an art piece by Banksy. I've never heard of Banksy, but he is alive. He is a living artist, and yet his piece is going to sell for $1.4 million, which is unusual. Usually you have pieces of art that are being sold by people who have passed away, as we have discussed uh, maybe about three or four weeks ago. Um, I, what, uh, Chris, what, what is the, um, the word, the term that uh, Jared used maybe three weeks ago uh, oh, when, uh, somebody's, when somebody's passed away? And uh, they, uh, they, they posthumously. Posthumously. Yeah. So usually paintings are sold. Thank you. Paintings are sold. Uh, for a lot more money when they're sold posthumously by an individual or of an individual. But in this case, Banksy's alive and well, 
he's actually going to be at this art sale, which is part of the story here. So let me read this. Um, this was published about two weeks ago on October 8th, 2018. But in the Sotheby Auction House in London said that this is the first time in auction history that a work of art automatically shredded itself. Art fans at an auction house in the United Kingdom were left stunned after a Banksy painting self-destructed immediately after it was sold for $14 million. A hidden shredder inside the painting's frame went off shortly after the work was sold at Sotheby's London in, on October 5th. The work was pulled down through a shredding mechanism at the bottom of the frame, ripping it into pieces. This defiant act, defiant act has reportedly been orchestrated by the elusive artist ever since his girl with the balloon, which is the painting. Uh, there's a picture of it here. I'll show the guys in the uh, studio here. Pretty simple. Uh, it's a little girl. Looks like she's maybe let go of a balloon within about two seconds. Uh, in color, I only, printed this in only black. Only fourteen million, huh? No, one point four million. Oh, one point. Yeah, 4 so million. measly oh. one point four million for a okay. simple girl letting go. Uh, maybe it's the windblown hair. Looks like a bargain. Maybe it's the balloon shaped like a heart. Could be any of those things that that, that touched a heart of a buyer. Um, but the girl with balloon painting went up for sale. It appears as though Banksy himself was present at the auction house. As he posted a photo to Instagram of the half-shredded painting with the caption, Going, going, gone. The painting is a reproduction of one of the most iconic graffiti murals Banksy ever produced. The original version of the image was spray-painted onto a building in East London back in 2002. It was removed in 2014 after it had been covered up by boards for a number of years. Several uh, iterations of the painting have been, so been sold, but none have been destroyed like the one at Sotheby's has. After the public witnessed the jaw-dropping demonstration, Banksy explained the stunt on social media. He wrote that he had secretly built the shredder in the painting a number of years ago in the event that if it was put up for auction... When that day finally came, his elaborate stunt was realized, leaving auctioneers speechless. He paired the video with Pablo Picasso's quote, The urge to destroy is also a creative urge. Sotheby's describes the painting as a framed work, spray paint, and acrylic on canvas, and states that Banksy's Girl with Balloon is the first time in auction history that a work of art automatically shredded itself. It appears we just got Banksy'd, said, said Alex Brazic, head of the contemporary European art at Sotheby's. Purchased by an unidentified buyer via representative over the telephone, the auction house has stated that they are currently in discussions with the said buyer as how they'll proceed with the sale. No kidding. Um, I'm not going to finish the rest of the article, but uh, we we have a problem here. Sotheby's either out 1.4, they're splitting it seven uh, seven mil or well, I guess seven hundred thousand a piece. I don't know, uh, but but Banksy's in the room. I got to believe he's going to be called on the carpet for that maybe not but uh but anyways so just started with the cheery story those of you art aficionados that's probably not the correct word but art of have an affection for art so actually the interesting thing about that is uh so they were debating whether the sale would go through but the buyer uh oh you know about the story yeah the buyer oh. correctly realized that the painting is actually more valuable now that it's been partially shredded um, yeah, because it's it only the half. It's about only half the girl shredded. shredded. The balloon's okay. Correct. So <laughs> the the buyer still went through with the purchase for one point four million, uh, realizing that now it's even more valuable. And I guess because news. he did it, and it's by the shredder within the the frame, it's now. I mean, you're probably going to end up seeing a piece of artwork that's 
who knows what happens now. Totally. And um, I believe, if I re- remember reading correctly, uh, he has renamed the painting now that it's been shredded. Going, going, gone? It's a, yeah, maybe if it, that's oh. the new name. or uh, I think it was a different name. but I mean, it would make sense even with the release of a balloon, going, going, gone would make sense. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, when I become a world famous artist, I'll probably be inserting shredders or, you know, little mechanical scissors in there to cut up snowflakes automatically when my painting sells. You know, simple things like that. Uh, before we go to harvest highlights, um, we got maybe one more minute here. Some of the things we're going to be talking today is we're going to enter into a little bit of the medical field discussion. Uh, the voice you just heard was none other than Dr. Joey Helm. Uh, just moved here maybe a month ago, I'd say, officially, mm-hmm. uh, to help out uh, in the medical area at GRMC. And uh, so we're going to talk a little sports with him today. We're going to talk a little medical stuff here. But um, but some of those things will be some stories. And then I have about 50 facts. We won't get to them all, but 50 facts about the body that are pretty unique and credible. Uh, but we'll list those out maybe throughout the show. Uh, but like I said, the other thing we'll get to is maybe a little Brewers baseball, a little uh, Bosox baseball. All right. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, what, what the NFL looks like coming up this Sunday. So, uh, stay tuned. You know, if those interest you, um, we'll be, we'll be talking about it for the next hour and 45, but right now we're going to take a little break, have some harvest highlights and we'll be back shortly. And we're back with some more Live Till 5. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, my name is Lawrence Nangest instead of Jared Baldwin, who is in the States still recruiting. But he will be back very shortly. Uh, in fact, next week, I believe. So I know we all look forward to having him back in his rightful spot of, of host of this show. But in the meantime, we're having a good time up here. Talking a little medical, talking a little doctor, talking a little sports. Right now, we're going to talk a little history. Uh, at this time of the show, we're going to do some This Day in History. And uh, it's actually pretty packed today with a lot of historical things, as every day is. But when I say that, I mean things that I like to talk about, <laughs> which is not necessarily what historical means. It just what I said. So uh, in 2002, not 2002, 202 BC, the Battle of Zama, Hannibal Barca and the Carthag- uh, Carthaginian army are defeated by Roman legions under Scipio Africanus, ending Second Punic War. So uh, the Battle of Zama actually happened a little bit later um, than, than the initial invasion by Hannibal. And what made him so famous is the fact that he crossed the Alps in, in northern Italy with elephants, mm-hmm. uh, came from Spain, which is where he grew up, and fought a lot of um, smaller little battles over there, became very good at um, just how to, to fight and how to win, ultimately. But then what shocked uh, Rome is the fact that they were originally from Carthage, which if you look at a map, you have the boot of Rome, Sicily, and right across from Sicily is the northern African um, plains there. Well, that's Carthage, is, is, a, is a city right on the, on the border there, or on the water. 
And instead of just crossing over maybe 30 miles of water and then another 10 to get to Italy on the boot side, he crossed over the Alps with his elephants and came down and just crushed most of northern Rome and then came down and uh, at the Battle of Cannae and actually defeated what Rome thought was the undefeatable army, and it scared them bad. Mm-hmm. So they they went and sent people to kind of distract Hannibal, and uh, and it didn't really work. He kept coming towards Rome, but then because the people in Carthage got scared of Rome counterattacking, stopped sending him supplies and, and, and backup to the point where he basically just ran out of gas mm-hmm. and had to turn around and go home and was later ended up defeated here. And uh, Rome was so mad that Hannibal had been so successful in their country that they basically torched northern Africa uh, to the ground. Salted the earth, yeah. Yeah, because they were just so angry. There's a good, if you get a chance, there's a good um, PBS documentary on this that you can get on Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime. very good. Which we watched very recently, and it was Yeah, yeah, that was always one of my favorite stories as a kid, Scipio Africanus and... uh, Yep. All that, yeah, so. young Scipio uh, is this guy here because the older Scipio is the one that lost. Uh, 1512, Martin Luther becomes a doctor of theology or a doctor in Biblia. And uh, he'll later be pounding his 95 theses on the wall. Uh, 1781, British General Charles Cornwallis, head of the British forces, capitulates at Yorktown. Hmm. So in this day in history, uh, t- technically... You could almost call today or around this time our Independence Day of, of 1781, because uh, theoretically this is when we actually had it, even though in, in six years earlier, on July 4th, is when they declared it, uh, even though there was a lot of fighting and a lot of war to be had still, and, and still you know, it was a toss-up as to whether or not it had ever happened. Um, being yeah, that was really the turning point in the, the end of the British dominating us in uh in battle yeah yeah for for pretty much till hit until now till till uh today uh there's never been much like that since then uh we'll continue on here and um 1901 edward elger's pomp and circumstance march premieres in liverpool uh that's a pretty famous heard around graduation times in fact played out i would say 90 percent of graduations at some point uh, as pop and cir- pomp and circumstance will be played. Uh, 1932, Henry Ford gives his first radio speech. Um, radio's a big deal back then, but uh, I'm not sure Henry Ford must have just, I don't know if it's an advertisement or if it was just maybe a, an interview about what he had been doing with the car, <laughs> <laughs> which was a lot. 1960, Martin Luther King Jr. arrested in Atlanta sit-in. And it won't be much longer after that that he uh, gives his speech and then uh, is later on assassinated. Um, he and then Robert Kennedy both uh, were assassinated within a few months of each other uh, right after JFK. Well, uh, about a couple of years after JFK, but um, pretty tumultuous time in, in American history when you have men like that, president and then uh, big-time leaders uh, being killed. Um, and then, of course, we always look for something positive, if you will, uh, down here at the bottom here. And uh, let's just go with this. 2016, third U.S. presidential debate. Donald Trump, this is two years ago, Donald Trump notably refuses to say if he will accept the result of election during debate with Hillary Clinton at Nevada University, Las Vegas. The fact that that was even brought up 
is an indication of how badly they thought he was going to get beat in the election itself. Mm-hmm. They're asking him if he's going to accept the results of the election. Uh, obviously, if they thought he was going to be the winner, well, who wouldn't? Spoiler alert, he, he accepted the result. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, kind of an interesting turn of events that we know now that at that time, you know, all the polls, I remember being in the States in October two years ago, and in every airport I was in, the news was on, of course, and all the polls and everything uh, pretty much had uh, no chance there. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, well, we're going to transition here into our quiz Yay. of the afternoon, and so I think we have some some pretty decent intro music uh, for the old Sebastian yeah, Bezdua. We, we always hope yeah. for it, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't some days it's there, some oh, days hey, not. Uh oh, here we go. Star Hooray. Fox is on his way. No caramel apples today. No, no caramel uh, apples. Memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is is your teeth okay? My my teeth is good. Your teeth is good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for those of you who don't know, the Apple One uh, and Sebastian Tooth Zero. So, um, anyways, so yes. we're gonna have a quiz now. Sebastian, take it away. Yes, I call this the the Bibul Trivia, also known as Bible Trivia. Oh, we're back uh, yeah. doing another one of those. Yeah, I well, like those. I didn't get to do it last time because oh. my, my tooth because of tooth. So we have a re <laughs> a repacked repacked Bible quiz, huh? Reloaded. Yes. Reloaded. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start with um, Joey, and we'll go around the circle here to Lawrence oh. and then Chris. So you better know your Bible. Right. By the no, way, no pressure just, here. just so you know, I know you haven't been listening a long time, but we have a theory that the first person who answers the questions, probably if we were to put up winning records has won more than anybody else. Oh, so you gave me the, the winning seat? We try to give all, all right. the guests well, the winning you. seat. Once again, yeah. no pressure. Oh, we'll man. see. <laughs> I don't want to break the streak here. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, okay. it's not perfect, it, but it's happened a lot. Yeah. All right. All so, right, let's do it. Question one. Whose lineage is described in First Chronicles 1? The entire Israelite people, Noah specifically, the tribe of Benjamin specifically, the prophet Elijah, or King David specifically? Hmm. Who, who, whose lineage is described one. in First Chronicles 1? Boy. I would have to this is tough. I'm a little rusty on my first chronicles. I would have to say <laughs> I would have to say I'm gonna guess David. David. King David. Uh, I'm gonna go with the entire Israel population. Yeah, that's probably more right. Yeah, I'm going with Israel as well. All right. Well, guess what? Sorry, Joey. Oh, it is the entire Israelite yeah, people. I, I sort of had a feeling. The chapter assures the divided Israelites that they are truly one people. Ah. Yeah. Well, thank sense. you. Thank you for that. No yeah. worries. Yeah. All right. I was just throwing you guys a bone there. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the first chair. Give Spot you head one. Start. Yeah. All right. Question number two. How many years did it take Solomon to build the Lord's temple? Five, six, seven, or eight? Oh, wow. I was hoping for a little bit more division there yeah, in the numbers. Is it, uh, do I go first again? Or? No, yes, I, I you always first. lead. Oh, oh, you lead the whole oh, time. Oh, so you guys get to We're just, just wait to see what I say. Yeah, we just get to scalp oh. your answers. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with seven. Seven. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good answer. I think it's eight, though. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, wow. I've heard something about this recently, actually. Fortunately, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm going to go with five. 
Good job, Joey. All right. Oh, I knew I should have gone I think the reason that. is seven is, you know, seven is God's perfect that makes number. Sense. So I just feel like that it makes be, sense. You know, Solomon like and his men. So therefore, seven years therefore the perfect the answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, First King sense. 6, now verse I'm 38. I'm all right. Back. It's all tied it's up. It's all even, even Stevens now. Question number three. When Solomon was gathering material to build the temple, what sort of trees did he desire from Lebanon? Oh, yes. I know this. Fir, ash, pine or cedar yeah well now i'm going to give it away to these guys but uh it, it is cedars the cedars mm-hmm. of lebanon if you said gopher i'd have probably said gopher but <laughs> that was the arc i think so i think it's cedar he, as just well put him down for gopher then yeah well, just Fifth right answer. in right in campaign and it's cancellation scoring i don't know if you're aware but i have to say cedar because i know what that's yeah. what it is so well, it's actually fur. I'm just kidding. Yeah, cedar. <laughs> cedar it is. So you all get a point, which means no one, no gets, one a gets a point. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Question number four. A vir- so in Proverbs, <laughs> a virtuous woman is a blank to her husband. A weight, a prize, a crown, or a rock. Which one is it? Wow. So two definitely on one end and two on the <laughs> other. Well, I will say... Uh, was crown? Did you say crown was one of them? Crown I'm gonna go with one crown. Of them. Yeah, I'm gonna go with crown. I'm gonna go with crown as well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I have to go with crown. You can I, say rock. Sure, it is. Sure you could say prize. Yeah, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So, so crown. You, okay, officially you're saying crown. Yes. Got it. Congratulations, you all got it. All right. Which means you got nothing. <laughs> a woman of virtue brings her husband acclaim as would a crown. Okay, next question. According to the Bible, why is the city of Babel called Babel? It is where the Bible was written. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Lawrence, yeah. go with that Babel. one. Yeah, Babel. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it had many babbling brooks. Ah, it is where God first thing. confounded human language. Or it was founded by King Babel. Why is the city of Babel called Babel? <laughs> You're taking it easy on me today, but uh, it's it's where God confounded the languages. Yeah, it's the languages. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is where I the am. Bible was written. Are you sure? The babbling brooks. I think the babbling brooks was a close second. Yeah. I'm sure they had some nice yeah. uh, rivers and streams. Wow. I, I I know that it's where God confounded the languages. So I mean, I have to go with that, right? I can't give you the wrong yeah. answer. <sighs> that wouldn't be any good. As much as we might like to. Yeah. That's correct. This cancellation scoring is no good. Yeah. Well, it's all tied right oh, now. We're all tied up, so. Oh. All right, well, you guys got it all right. Yes, correct. It is where God first confounded human language. Um, but what? Found, found in Genesis eleven nine. What? Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to I thought there was a but at the end of that. But. But you're all but really archaeologists smart. say there were many babbling books. <laughs> but yeah. but it yeah, is where the Bible was written was a solid number two. I, I, I like that one. I'm sure something may have been written there. Bible, Bible, well, maybe. Get it? Bible, Sanskrit, Bible, Bible, Bible. A Babylon Bible. Well, so that's our quiz. Oh, that was no, it. One, no, one more. Oh, 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 oh okay. Oh, I was going to. Ho- I was hoping for this. a tie break. I hope you know your commandments. I do. I have oh, my memorized. cousin Randy is going to kill me if I don't get this one. <laughs> Thou sh- shalt not steal is which commandment? The ninth, the fifth, the eighth, or the sixth? I'm no. going to go with the fifth. It's the eight. fifth. Oh. Um. Oh, I, I can sort of see him in my mind. Five, 
Eight, oh, no, I'm six. wrong. Yeah. Nine, oh. nine, five, eight, or six? Yeah. Sorry, Randy. Oh, wow. I think I'm going to go with eight as well. Yeah. It is eight. It's, oh, yeah, eight is, uh, five is honor that I pick. I can rather see it at the bottom. I, was, I can six sort of is see kill. It. See if you ever th- if you want to want a way to remember. Well, you could do it that way, or in some places they cut off your thumbs for stealing. Whoa. So if you hold up your uh, hands as if they were thumbless, you're holding up four fingers on each hand. Go. Therefore, it's eight. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't teach my fifth graders the thumb cutting off version. <laughs> I went with I think the jail. It's epic. Oh, nah, that's embarrassing. I, that's easily forgettable. Good, good one, guys. <laughs> Well, uh, final score is Joey lost, unfortunately. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I'll study harder for well, next time. Another chalk up for not my theory of being correct. You guys jinxed me, that's why. That's, yeah, we put too much pressure, too much pressure out there. <laughs> I panicked. So okay. the drinks are here, but I don't know if we want to start that until the top of the hour. So I think we're going to hold that to, till after. So um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read two medical stories here and then I want to hear what everybody's doing for their weekend and then we'll get to the top of the hour here. So this will maybe just wet your whistle for what's more to come. Not only do we have drinks, we have a bag of goodies as well. Yeah, peek in there. I have a bag of goodies. Oh boy. There's only two goodies in here actually. Well, we'll just have to to break bread. (laughs) So um, we'll we'll take care of that after the top of the hour. But a couple of medical stories because this is what we're going to talk about here after we come back. Um, but a puzzling seizure. In 2008, a 25-year-old German man was on a ski trip with a friend when he became trapped by an avalanche and knocked unconscious. On top of a broken hip and ruptured spleen, yikes, the incident left him with small muscle spasms that plagued him whenever he moved. Hmm. In part, this was caused by oxygen deprivation he was experiencing beneath the snow, but an avalanche is not easy to survive, and he was a lucky survivor. Soon he was on the road to recovery. But the story didn't end there. Several weeks later, he made a startling discovery. Whenever he tried to solve Sudoku puzzles, seizures would develop in his left arm. Strangely, they immediately disappeared when he stopped solving the puzzles. (laughs) After doctors scanned his brain, they found that the seizures were triggered by strenuous activity in the right central parietal cortex, part of the brain that deals with processing uh, visuospatial information. Whenever the man's 3D imagination was activated, such as imagining three-dimensional numbers, while Sudoku, the seizures would result. The reason... While buried beneath the snow, he suffered from hypoxia, a condition where the brain and tissues do not get enough oxygen. This led to the death of inhibitory fibers in the brain, which resulted in overaction of the cortex whenever he used it. The good news is, with some physical therapy, he was right as rain, and it, and it calmed the seizures down after, over time. And this one, not for the faint at heart here, uh, but Teeth in the Brain is the title of this. <laughs> teeth in the Brain. Oh. A four-month-old child was diagnosed with a rare brain tumor. Doctors first became concerned when the head grew faster than normal, and scans concluded that there was a mass in his brain. But strangely, the scans also showed something else, something small, bony, and very, very odd. After it was removed during surgery, the tumor was revealed to contain, you guessed it, several fully grown teeth. As strange as the condition was, it already had a name, craniopharyngioma. Probably not how you pronounce it, but however, this was the first time that teeth had actually been found in one. While this case was one of a kind, teeth in the other growths have definitely been heard of. Teratomas are different kind of tumors capable of forming bone, hair, teeth, and horrifyingly whole fingers and limbs. Reportedly, one woman had a lump containing a head, eye, and organs while bones were found in another. So, uh, although it can be terrifying to imagine body parts growing from a tumor, it isn't all that hard to explain. Tumors are masses of uncontrollably dividing cells. Somewhere along the line, those cells do, do things they aren't supposed to do. 
such as recreate a bloody, partially formed human. While not all teratomas resemble props from a horror movie, they are still fascinating to behold and study. So, on that sweet, sweet story, <laughs> you'll be back for more. I have a few more stories that I'm going to share in the second hour, but uh, seizuring puzzles and, and teeth in the brain, uh, you know, there's a lot more that that came from. Sebastian, what are you doing this uh, weekend? Well, we got men's prayer breakfast tomorrow morning. We do. And uh, I'm going to have a little part in that. Uh, also, get my Are car, you sharing car tomorrow? Wash. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> sharing tomorrow, so make sure you come. All right. Um, but other than that, just going to kind of see what happens this weekend. Not, we've just had the in-laws here and um, and um, just maybe try to take a little bit of a break. So they just but, left? Yeah, they left throughout this week. So okay. mom and dad left on Monday and then Sist- Wednesday, Thursday. Sister-in-law Thursday. left? Sister-in-law left on Thursday. Thursday, yes. Yeah, okay. So yeah, you guys are just able to wind down and actually feel a little bit different. It's 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 definitely more normal, just the three of you. But uh, it was nice, I know, having family around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, wind down to yeah <laughs> to a, normal to to newborn. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. Joe, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm gonna review my Ten Commandments. Uh, yes, that's the first. You already time. began doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to review my little uh, hand motions that go with those. Yep. Um, I'm on call on Sunday, so mm. everyone drive safe out there uh, on the weekend. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm planning to come to the prayer breakfast tomorrow, and uh, yeah, just enjoy yeah. enjoy the beauty of Guam. Yeah, I, um, Mr. Kevin Schmidt is coming in. Uh, Used to be our athletic director here, but he's come back to do some recruiting next week. And so we're going to go pick him up. And his first request was to go to Jamaican Grill. There you go. So we're going to make that happen. And then uh, I'm still trying to get our house continually in a state of not feeling done. And I, I don't. I, uh, everybody tells me, oh, it'll always kind of feel like that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that confidence. Hmm. Um, but anyways, I, we are trying to hang some more lights, uh, fix one of the faucets in the in the in one of the showers, and, you know, just kind of some fun things like that. Just one of the beds just came, was um, delivered today. So there you go. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And then uh, my birthday Sunday. So Oh, yeah, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, that's a uh, little known fact as well. So, <laughs> Chris, how about you? Well, I'm starting a new uh, series in our Adult Bible Fellowship yeah, in the I auditorium this weekend. Spiritual Vitality in the Psalms. It's one I've done before, but I need to it's, yeah, you're revitalize it. Yeah, it was a 15-week study, and you're doing I it think, eight? and I'm going to try to do it in eight, so there's a lot of Trump things that need to be done in order for me to be able to do that, so wow. probably do a little work yep. on that. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, sounds like fantastic weekends here in this room, so hopefully you're going about to have a great one, but we'll take a little break here for the top of the hour, and when we come back, we have some more medical things, maybe some more would-you-rathers, for sure what's in my coffee. And all sorts of other fun with a group up here. Stay tuned. 88.1 KHMG Radio, live till 5. Thanks for listening. We're back with the second hour of Live Tell 5. Thanks for joining us. If you missed the first hour, it will rebroadcast tomorrow from noon to 2, Sunday night from 7 to 9. 
And, of course, you can find us on the TuneIn app, uh, khmg.com, or, or, well, khmg.org, excuse me. Yeah. Or the uh, Facebook page has connections to it, as well as, uh, of course, just the old 88.1 on the radio dial. But anyway, you're joining us. Thank you for being here. And we're looking forward to another great second hour, because we're going to start it off with one of our favorite segments. And uh, we might have to actually... Cut Ratatouille short and change it over to our, our Hebrews. Oh. Because I don't know if I could introduce Hebrews to Ratatouille, even though it would make sense that we're still dealing with a restaurant. But uh, this little segment's brought to you by The Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Cafe. And bookstore. And, and bookstore. Well, it's not. And uniform store I with three know. books in it. Amazing. But, and uh, and uh, postcards and thank you cards. Yeah. And a few things. But we can't call it, it see, it's does not bookstore anymore, but we can't call it the who? Yeah, the who. <laughs> I call it the who might work. Yeah. Um, Maybe. TM. Yeah. 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 The B. Um, but we, anyways, we have uh, awesome, awesome drinks provided by them this afternoon and even a snack uh, that we could share this afternoon. And we always appreciate the hub workers coming up each and every week with great varieties of drinks. But I think there's a bit of a theme this week. Um, I don't know what Chris has, but if he has what I think he has, we all are all sipping on a very simple drink of the fall, but it's different versions of it. So uh, we're going to start with Sebastian and work. Uh, we'll start with Joey, actually. No, let's start with Chris, so that way Joey can listen. Don't make up your mind. Right. I know. We're all over the place <laughs> here. Let's start with Chris, so that by the time we get to Joey, he's heard a couple presentations of what's happening up here. Well, I have a lovely hot drink today. It's in uh, one of their white cups with a black lid. I cut a little extra hole in the top so the beverage will flow more freely. And as I've uh, allowed it to flow more freely, I've discovered (laughs) that on the other end of my first sip was some sort of a pumpkin drink of some sort. Although I'm not a, I'm not a, Big fan of pumpkin something or others, so I can't immediately place the taste, but I think that's what it is. It could be the ever-popular pumpkin spice latte, Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, could be that. It's a hot drink. Good stuff. Yeah, mine, it looks, it tastes like how, like, how fluffy snow looks, you know, you know, mm. like fluffy snow that comes down and... I've like, tasted I that before. I wonder if that tastes so delicious. I wonder if it tastes delicious. You know, it's not exactly white, but I don't want to go down that path. So, uh, just <laughs> already did. What, what's on that path that you fear? Yeah. <laughs> what's on that fearful color? path? <laughs> How it tastes. Oh, um, I see. All right, what does yeah, it taste like? You said it tastes like snow. Well, it looks. Yeah, it tastes it looks like, like snow. it looks. Yeah, um, it's very yes. Um, as if snow had covered a pumpkin patch, and um, oh. you dove in there face first and just started eating away <laughs> at everything in there, both pumpkin shell and snow there together was no, combined. There was no uh, whatever other debris. Maybe so it tastes in the like yeah, patch. a couple leaves, a bit of dirt, and a pumpkin. <laughs> Mainly a pumpkin, though. Wow. Mainly, and yeah. um, it's and very, so maybe nutmeg that was planted next door. <laughs> Yes, it, it is quite great, and I, it is pretty white, and it has the flavor of com- pumpkin, and it resembles a shake. Therefore, I'm going with the great white pumpkin shake. Excellent. Well, mine is a beautiful iced, iced coffee. I assume it's a coffee. Uh, 
takes me back to good Wisconsin fall uh, in the in the old pumpkin patch as well. Mm-hmm. Mine has a nice hearty autumnal feel to it. Autumnal, uh, and uh, it it definitely has that earthy tone of of pumpkin flavoring. So I I'm loving this iced pumpkin uh, coffee. I'm I I, am, I assume it's pumpkin spice as well. Yeah, pumpkin spice latte iced, and yours is a shake. And I think mine is actually the same drink as Chris potentially. Maybe with what we probably have here is a different flavoring, but I think they both started as pumpkin spice lattes. And then maybe there's an addition to one of them and not the other, maybe. But uh, I think I have the pumpkin spice latte. I actually had it this morning, so I'm doubling up today. <laughs> it's a, a lot of coffee day. And a lot of coffee today with a little bit of a chocolate muffin, which is what the snack was that we were munching on just now. Delicious. Phenomenal. But, uh, My regards to the chef. Yeah. Chris, why don't you walk through a little bit of uh, what these drinks were? Yeah, definitely a pumpkin theme today. For sure. We've got the pumpkin shake at number one. Yes. There you go. That's what that's called. The number two, that was mine. That's a pumpkin white mocha. Ah, Ah. a pumpkin white mocha. Yeah, I knew it was awfully sweet. Yes, yes. Who knows? Uh, Pumpkin latte, number three. Is that you? Yeah, you're number three, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And then a pumpkin chai. Pumpkin chai. Ah, oh, yes. I, I could sense a little chai taste. That's that autumnal taste. So there was no coffee in there, ah, but no. it was definitely fall uh, in that cup. If you never had chai before, very heartwarming drink. You throw a little pumpkin in there, maybe a little bit of nutmeg and cinnamon. Whew. Yeah, there's definitely some nutmeg and cinnamon in in this i just put a flannel on it's just beautiful to, uh, just talking about that final shirt um that's how fallish i feel um well anyways we we just we just had a little what's in my coffee so so before we take another break here in a minute uh joy there, there's been an interesting thought you have about um about the weather and and the sunrise sunset and on guam <laughs> how different it is than maybe in the states which which has the idea that we should save an hour somewhere. Absolutely. So so oh, maybe boy. explain some of your thinking. <laughs> maybe some <laughs> explain some of your thinking on why you think that should be uh, changed on Guam. Though on Guam, we have no daylight savings time, and I would say probably ninety percent of people appreciate that fact. Tomorrow standard time. Yes. is what we're on right here. Yes, absolutely. You know, I understand that I'm new to the island and I'm not trying to upset things. Which is but... why I'm allowing you to speak about it now cuz we can put right. on the new person to the island uh, you know, thing and it'll be okay. It's true, but you know, this is a real serious thing. I mean, we we've got politicians <laughs> debating out there about ma- other major issues, but this is a real quality of life issue I think for uh, all the people of Guam. Uh, you know, I, my idea is really the Guam light savings time, or maybe even just moving moving in the whole time one hour anyway. Sure. But you know, I I, I was looking on uh, the the sun sunrise sunset scheduling for the rest of the winter here, and I noticed that every single day for the for the whole winter sunset is before six p.m. at some sometimes you know five forty five five fifty p.m. and I just thought you know think about these these people. Uh, you know, some of us included, you, you might get done with work around five o'clock or so. You get stuck in in traffic. You're trying to get home, and you walk in the door at five forty-five to see see your kids, and you've got five whole minutes of sunlight to to spend with your kids outside. So if we just sort of rolled back the clock an hour, uh, you know, that's a whole another hour for people to be outside to uh, improve their quality of life, spend time with their kids. 
And also, that also means that the sun doesn't come up quite so early. So instead of the sun coming up, waking you up, the chickens waking you up at, you know, five or six in the morning, maybe that's more like uh, 6, 30, 7 o'clock. So um, this is in a nutshell my uh, my political uh, <laughs> campaign for, for, for Guam light savings time. Uh, he, here, uh, I've been watching the campaign go on, and this hasn't come up a lot. No, no, <laughs> the, no. Nope. They, they've not allowed me into the debates uh, as yeah, of yet. He's hoping to slip a note to the new uh, one of the new governors that uh, you know they'll take this on and, and really. I've really been actively tweeting. I've been actively uh, contacting uh, my representatives, though, and uh, we will not stop until, until we are heard. Hey, <clears throat> I like this idea because it just gives us an extra hour to harvest our fields exactly. in daylight. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, no, but see, oh the thing God. is, I, I hated it in Wisconsin because uh, it actually made it darker earlier. But here, it's to enjoy more of the beauty of Guam. You know, it's uh, it is an extra hour to soak in in the sun and, uh, and just, hour. you know. It, w- it would be a little bit different. Uh, I think after living here for a while... It is weird for me to when I go back to the states in the summer and it is light out till nine thirty at night, ten o'clock sometimes, and I forget that it's not five. Um, but I think I'm just so used to it. I do understand what you're saying. When you come for the first time, it is a little bit different having the sun always set within basically about forty five minutes of it. It's it's maybe an hour of its earliest to its latest throughout the whole year. Um, but whether or not that'll ever, I don't, I don't know even how, what that would look like. They'd have to do a little uh, on the on the time zone chart. They'd have to make a little bit of a uh, cutout, which would mean probably Saipan and and Rhoda and them would have to be along with us. I have to get uh, them on board. Yeah, get well, them on board. I have a pretty this strong campaign. counter, though. A pretty strong counter. Um, All right, let's hear it. Yeah. So I, I agree. You get more light if you change the hours, but it's this time of year where Christmas lights come out and. You won't get to enjoy the Christmas lights as much if if oh there's still plenty of hours. If you change of, uh, the hours, it, it is true. Guam, you get to enjoy snowless Christmas lights <laughs> for a full seven hours of your evening. Yeah, if yes. you wanted to. Whereas yeah, in the that's, States, that's plenty of time to. But that's why in the States Christmas though it lights. works so well because it starts getting dark and then it's four thirty and the sun's going down. You're like, well, here comes the Christmas lights. So really, North America, you get the best of both worlds: long nights in the summer. A lot of Christmas light time in the winter. Totally. <laughs> hey, I got I I like no time change to me. That's that is great. Nice. Yes. But uh, I also the counter that I have is that <laughs> I've been uh, reading a little bit and uh, listening to interviews with Jocko Willink. I don't know if you ever yes, heard of this guy. Yes, yes, yes. He's a leadership Navy SEAL. Yeah, former Navy SEAL is a leadership guy, and he just really insists that everybody should get up at about four thirty a.m. Agreed. And at least before it, that, five. he says that not that yes. I do that. Sorry, I can, I can tell you as a uh, as a surgeon and someone who completed five years of surgical residency, where I did get up every single yes. morning at four thirty or five a.m. It's uh, extremely overrated. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess okay. it depends on the person. Uh, I guess it depends on the person and how you operate. I'm more of a night owl personally. Um, so yeah. Anyways. I figured I'd let you at least. Well, this uh, campaign stage. is just taking off, and uh, <laughs> feel free to find me on social media and join yes. our Guam Light Savings Time uh, yeah, yeah. campaign. He'll be around. He'll be around G-L-S-T. all week. Glst. That's right. Uh, Hashtag. We'll, we'll go ahead. And th- hell, Glst. Go ahead. And take a break. You're listening to <laughs> to Live Till Five. This this is your host Lawrence Nangas. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back 
after a couple commercials. And we're going to talk about more about the medical field and maybe some would you rathers. Stay tuned. No commercials, though, because we're not. Oh, that's true. Radio that's true. Station. A couple of insightful, informative insightful thoughts. messages of a non commercial nature. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. With some more live till five. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. We've been having a good time up here. We've had our quiz. We've done what's in our coffee, and uh, so we got a little bit of time left here. That sounds different, though. What's in our coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I does sound we, like I a hope different we know game. What's in it. <laughs> Mine's gone, so whatever it was was uh, was good. Um, sounds but, alarming. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sometimes how it happens. What's in our coffee? What's in our coffee? Uh, we're gonna play a couple more would you rathers uh that was a little bit fun at the beginning most of the things are like well that's easy i'll choose family i made them a little tougher this time so here we go and then after this i have some interesting facts that joey is going to say fact or fiction to and uh we'll have some fun with that maybe he'll share some stories about um either your time in palau or your 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 craziest story in medical school uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but sounds good. So here we go. Would you rather live without the internet or live without AC and heating? Ooh. Definitely AC and heating. Get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> gone. So, so as long as I have internet and connection, yeah, I'll be hot or cold. I guess I, if you live I'll, in it, I can research things to keep myself cool. Yes. There you go. On yeah, Google. exactly. Yes. Perfect. Come on. Now, now I'd probably think about okay, losing that AC and heating and move to like North Carolina, where it's like very, very. Temperate. Oh, um, yeah, but even year. I mean, it gets it snows there, man. It does, but I'm just saying, as far as losing the internet, that'd be pretty rough. Uh, so here's another one: Would you rather never be able to use a touch screen or never be able to use a keyboard and mouse? Oh, I don't care about touch screen at all. Really, your Me phone? Neither. No big deal. I mean, I use it on my phone, but I would much rather have a keyboard and mouse. Because to type on a phone or like for, for me tough. to work at the hospital without a keyboard would be pretty much impossible. Yeah. yeah. Bring back the BlackBerry. I guess you've got to dock your iPhone to use it that every time. Crazy. You have to use a mouse well, on a little I'd mini screen. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't use that. You'd no. go back to the old um, those the old uh, T9 word. There you <laughs> go. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you rather have everything you eat be too salty or not salty enough, no matter how much salt you add? Not salty. Yeah, not, not salty, salty enough. enough. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you can at least stomach add that. butter. Would you rather have everything be too <laughs> spicy or too bland? I think eventually too spicy because yeah. you could really get used to it, but in in the short run, that would be really painful. Yeah, yeah. just everything, just a bowl of life cereal, and it's just lighting your <laughs> mouth on fire. That'd be so terrible. Frosted flakes with a kick. Just a cup of milk. Mm. <laughs> spicy. Uh, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Oh, Man, that's kind tacos. of tough, but I like tacos. Really? Yeah, I think yeah. I would go with tacos as well. I think I could eat a lot more tacos than sushi, even though I love both. I do love both. Would you rather give up bathing for a month or give up the internet for a month? 
<laughs> no comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, we might lose listeners if we truly answer that. Uh, uh, but boy, that would be pretty Well, no, they'll still rough. listen. They just don't, yeah, won't want they to be listen super far. far. They're not coming for a visit, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically, in case you're still trying to read that, we all just said bathing. We'd give that up for a month. All right, let me read one more one more story here uh, for now, and then we're going to get into um, we're going to get into some stories, some fact or fiction on medical. Excuse some me, rough I, pictures on the back of your uh, documents there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's bad. That's facial surgery gone bad. Oh wow! But I'm not going to read that. Yeah, that's I'll, I'll put that yeah. down so you keep your coffee down. <laughs> um, <laughs> Article this sto- or the uh, title of this story is blindness from cell phones. Blindness is caused by many factors, but for two women in the United Kingdom, they became temporarily blind from something totally unexpected: their smartphones. One of the men ha- women had trouble seeing out of her eyes, <laughs> as opposed oh one of her eyes. I was going to say as opposed to uh, she had been viewing her phone while lying on her bed in a dark room. It happened multiple times a week for a year. One eye was unaffected. The other would be only able to see faint outlines of objects, although it would return to normal the following day. The other woman would be unable to see out of one eye when she got out of bed in the morning, although it went away after 15 minutes. This occurred for six months. The cases are linked in one way. Both these women used their cell phones for several minutes before sleeping while lying down on their beds. While it seemed alarming, the temporary blindness may have had simple cause. Doctors hypothesized that one of their eyes had been unknowingly blocked by their pillow, leaving the other eye to view their phone, which is what I would assume. As a result, one became adjusted to the dark while the other became adjusted to the light. Mm -hmm. When the phone was turned off, the light-adapted eye struggled to adapt to the sudden darkness, leading to the feeling of being blind. So I guess it was the fact that that always would have, if you used both eyes, that's always happening, but both eyes are adjusting. But when you have to be able to compare one eye to the other, is when you'd notice that blindness, I guess. Yeah, it's actually, the eyes are, are fascinating the way God has created. The eye is really remarkable. There is a, a, a special pair of glasses that some doctors use that actually uh, invert um, what you see so everything looks upside down. And if you wear that uh, for a certain length of time, it's not that long, um, and then you take the glasses off, everything you see will then look upside down for a while until uh, your then your eyes will figure it out mm. and flip it back around. So um, the eyes are incredible. Some people even have glasses where one uh, eye is a far, a f- mm-hmm. to see far and one is near, and your brain will be able to, you know, you decide which eye to use when, yeah, exactly. when, the, when it wants. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, that is, that is amazing. Um, we're going to go into some, some facts. I, I like this list a little better here. So some of these I'm going to assume are, are fact, and then there might be some that may raise an eyebrow of our, of our resident surgeon here. But um, the cornea is the only part of the body with no blood supply. It gets its oxygen directly from the air. That's true. Yeah. yeah that's very true. That's a fact. It's part of the eye that's just amazing, as, as we just hmm. talked about. But that's the out, very outside of the eye um, uh, that ev- initially has the content of both air and light. Uh, the human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap. Now, I don't know how you'd measure that. First of all, is that the average human? So therefore, there could <laughs> Some be more than others. dozens of bars <laughs> or maybe two. And then how large are those bars? But basically, it's enough to make at least seven. Uh, between birth and death, the human body goes from having 300 bones to just 206. And this is one of those, I know for a fact... Babies are born, obviously, with more, 
but then are, is it is it some fused together? Like, do they consider the bones in the skull to become one? That's my. I mean, I'm not sure the you know sourcing on this. That would be my um, uh, idea. Conclusion. Is that basically you know the skull, the baby's skull starts out as several different mm-hmm. plates, um, and then fuses over you know the first uh, months of life. So I would assume that's what they're yeah. referring to. But they're saying 94 bones go away though. So I guess that's quite a few. I'm I'm not really. I'd have to look into that a bit more. Yeah, that's not my it, it must specialty. Be, it yeah. must be that yeah, you didn't go into pediatrics. It must be that um, you have a lot of like bones that are just maybe disjointed or, or like like babies are a lot more fo- flexible than as they get older they get a little more rigid. Um, I don't know if some of those bones piece together and they're concluding that because they're like not quite fused together, they're two. I don't yeah, know. It's probably a fancy numbers game. Fancy. Fancy numbers. Humans have a diving reflex that shuts down bodily functions when submerged in water to prevent drowning. It's true. What's going on there? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we actually, in medical school, did that experiment. Um, it's sort of the same as uh, if you splash somebody with cold water, but if you dunk them underwater, their heart rate goes way down, um, which uh, would maybe it goes up when they're scared that you're dunking them underwater, yes, but, yes, but uh, eventually goes down, um, which decreases the amount of oxygen being used uh, by the body so that you can basically protect the brain longer uh, underwater. But yeah, yeah there, very there's, true. there's people who do that free diving yeah. here mm-hmm. and they, they use all these techniques uh, to their advantage for being able to dive yeah, absolutely. farther. That's crazy. It's unbelievable how, how deep some of these guys can go just. Yeah. yeah there, there's a, a video. There's a video of a guy that's in an indoor tank that's like 200 feet deep, and he just keeps going down and down and down. It, it, I, yeah. It would, that would be terrifying to me. And it's black. Like mm-hmm. when they jump in oh, about 30 yeah. feet down, it's no light. Mm-hmm. Um, your brain can survive for five to 10 minutes without oxygen. Yeah, very true. I mean, that's actually the key thing, you know, uh, about CPR. If you can uh, get to somebody and get them to the hospital, or, or be actually begin CPR, uh, just within that time. bystanders within five to ten minutes, the success rate of uh, survival is actually very high. That's amazing. Uh, we'll do a couple more here. Uh, when listening to music, your heartbeat will sync with the rhythm. I guess I've never really paid attention to that um, ever, <laughs> but uh, maybe I will the next time. Uh, one quarter of your bones are in your feet. I, I haven't counted again, but I, I think there, there are quite a few bones. That in would feet. be at least 50 some bones There's in a lot. the feet. Yeah. Cause if you're 206. Yeah. yeah there we he go. probably knows He's all the names a, too. We need a consult, stat consult. He hasn't been, his son has been up on this show, um, but he is not. Uh, I don't believe, uh, every organ you have two of, you only need one to survive. So that'd be the lungs, this is, eyes, yeah. ears. Yep. Kidneys. Well, kidneys are the probably the key one. Yeah, kidneys and lungs. <laughs> um, actually, this is you know, unfortunately, uh, we don't currently have this available on Guam, but in the states, this is the backbone of transplant surgery. Um, people can donate uh, one kidney to a relative or even to a stranger um, and do just fine. People can uh, donate up to half or even slightly more than that of their liver. Hmm. Uh, that's only one organ, but you can do yeah, with only do half, with half of it. Um, yeah, and there's we, things that what spleen, gallbladder. Spleen, we only have one of, but you can, but you live, can live without, without it. gallbladder. We, you can live without. We take them out all the time. Yeah, um, the appendix, uh, you can you can you do can without. without. There's 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 a few things that you can live without, but uh, they, they do have their own function. Uh, what are the, when the two correctly. vital organs you'd say would be vital? Would be lungs and kidney that you have two of, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's as, I think that's probably as far about as I it. can. Okay, 
Uh, there are more than 10, uh, sorry, 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. Um, that's pretty nuts. That's a lot. Uh, you are taller in the morning than you are at night. It must be from I, slouching. I'll take tired. their word for that one. I, I don't know. I, I don't guess know uh, laying flat maybe uh, throughout the day, just gravity. Uh, I, that, that has to do with the um, discs between your uh, spinal cord. Yeah. Throughout the day, the gravity of they standing compress it, yeah. uh, compresses your vertebral Which discs. is why it's so important to sleep, uh, just to give you, let your body reset, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and why and we don't sleep standing up. Yeah, unlike animals. <laughs> um, you can't breathe and swallow at the same time, and if you try, you're probably going to choke. Uh, which is why many people do. They'll, they'll laugh and be swallowing water and then begin choking because that true. was your body's attempt at Survival. swallowing and breathing at the same time and <laughs> said no. Uh, your ears and nose never stop growing. This is true. Yeah. They're made of cartilage, so they never they just keep going. They never stop growing. That's why you have grandmas and grandpas in their 90s and, and beyond. They got some ears. Yep. And nose. <laughs> um. I'll just finish this list here. Uh, we're almost done, and then we'll take a break. But if you smoothed out all the wrinkles in your brain, I was just talking to this in my uh, psychology class during the, the chapter on the brain, but if you smoothed all the wrinkles out in your brain, it would lay flat the sa- uh, flat the size of a pillowcase. Hmm. So you have they used in the book, they said a, a large pizza. Yeah, I would think even bigger than that because there are yeah. so many folds in the brain. Actually, it's interesting. I uh, read a story earlier this week that there is a man uh, out there who had lived into adulthood, relatively normal life, and then he had some problem. They they checked his brain, and he actually had only about like I think it was about only ten percent, or maybe it was even less than that, of a of a brain, and mm. had never noticed, never had any trouble. So it's truly amazing how uh, little of our brains we actually use. Yeah, that, well, that, there was a video we watched. Uh, I think it's about the. Um I want, I want to say fluidity of the brain, but I, I don't think that's the right word. But it was this girl that was having such an t- intense seizure. Actually, Dr. Ben Carson does a lot of these oh, yeah. uh, neurosurgeries surgeries on kids, uh, dividing Siamese twins and things mm-hmm. like that. But this girl had um, had half her brain removed, and then it filled with spinal fluid, and she was totally fine. And mm-hmm. her whole right side of the brain was gone, and her left side of the brain basically made up for it. And it's just the amazing way the brain can change over time and, and function, which is why, like, that guy with 10% of his brain, it basically accomplishes all the things he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's brain's incredible. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. Uh, stomach acid can dissolve metal. This goes on to say if it touched your skin, it would burn right through it. Yeah, I, it, the, the acid in our stomachs is incredibly strong. Um, I, I'll have to call fiction though on the uh, it would burn through your your arm. I mean, you, you may have accidentally gotten a, a bit of stomach acid on yourself uh, when you were sick at some point, yeah. And it, it doesn't burn through your arm, but uh, <laughs> if if it sat there long enough, I suppose it could cause some trouble. Yeah, it could be a problem. Uh, this is probably the grossest <laughs> statistic that I have. <laughs> Setting a new uh, precedent here. On- well, it's just the average person produces enough saliva in their lifetime to fill two swimming pools. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we get a. Hmm, I mean, it's a, it's a constant stream. So that's pretty. That's just a lot. And I guess I think about a lifetime. Two swimming pools. Okay, I don't know how big they are. Not not a kiddie pool. I would pool, think I'm maybe assuming. it's even more than that. I mean, that's maybe less than I would think. Yeah, with that's, every that's every probably true. That's just a lot eat. to think about. Yeah. That amount of human saliva in one place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, humans shed about sixty, uh, sorry, six hundred thousand particles of skin every hour. Yeah, I don't know what what a particle includes, but that's a lot. <laughs> every hour, six hundred thousand particles were leaving. Why like, up the dust and piece of our body? Yeah, clean. dust and and change out pillows and sheets and everything else. Uh, which, if you think about the time you sleep, that's we're, we're a talking lot of four four almost five million particles in one night hmm. are are being shed. <laughs> I don't know how we're not just Gross. molting in the bed. Yeah, uh, babies only blink once or twice a minute, while average adults blink ten times a minute, which is true. Hmm. Uh, I have a newborn in my home; she'd win a staring contest all day. Uh, jaw muscle is the strongest in the human body. It's true. Yeah. Uh, while awake, your brain produces enough electricity to light a light bulb. Hmm. I don't know how they'd measure brain yeah. electricity. I mean, I guess you can, but EEG. But I haven't heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, 50% of your hand strength, so half of your hand strength comes from your pinky finger. Hmm. I, I'm not sure just I the buy that. finger yeah, or the that's... entire side of your hand over yeah, here? Yeah, maybe it's this, um, hypothenar eminence it's called is the muscle along the I mean, cause this muscle, this muscle's pretty, pretty hefty here, but just the pinky finger alone, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know I'm, I'm, oh, go ahead. oh, no, no. I just, I would, I would uh, need to investigate that one. That seems a little fishy to me. Hmm. My dad, he, when he was, uh, my dad just died a few months ago, and mm, yeah. and when he was getting toward the end, um, it was interesting what the doctors said about it. They kept saying he's still so strong; his hands are still so strong at this at this old age. And my dad would always have my dad would do this thing where he would grab your hand, you know, and yeah. and and the doctors said multiple of them. He's got such strong hands, which is, I guess, very unusual. For the elderly to still have that, but um, they attributed this. He was sick for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. But they, may, you know, he was a strong, strong yeah. person. But that's what they mentioned. That, yeah, that's so interesting. Um, actually, in Milwaukee, we were doing frailty research. So basically, yeah. you know, old, older people and um, what things they were at risk for. And yeah. one of the things that we checked on all these patients was hand grip strength. We had those little. Um, it's called a dy- dynamometer, I think, but these little devices that you squeeze as hard as you can and it shows how strong you are. Yeah. And so uh, that is a huge marker in, uh, especially in the elderly for, you know, their overall strength and uh, yeah, hand yeah. strength is interesting. Yeah. I was interested that they just expressed it with such, wow, yeah. it's amazing that he still has and this hand And if a doctor strength. is shocked by, or a nurse yeah. is shocked by something, yeah. they've seen a lot of things. It's so. one of the first things yeah. I think that you lose um, yeah. for some, for whatever reason. So yeah. interesting. And my last stat for at least this time, I don't know if we'll get to more later on in the hour, but humans can't digest grass. Despite health fanatics claiming wheatgrass aids digestion, oh, no. humans would us. actually need several more stomachs to digest it, like <laughs> cows have. So cows have four stomachs, and they have to pass their cud from one stomach to the other four times well, to get it I guess it I have to change my dinner plans. Uh, I know, I but... know. I'm such a wheatgrass fanatic. But uh, I guess it, it actually doesn't aid in digestion, and uh, you, your body just passes it. Does that mean kale's off the table as well? or I don't think kale would uh, count as grass uh, <laughs> or any of the lettuce or things like that. That's I unfortunate. Specifically grass, um, wheat grass um, is probably what people want to eat and uh, can't digest it. So, so don't even worry about eating any more of that. Uh, <laughs> body's not going to need it, so find something else that's, quote, healthy. Well, we're going to take a little break here. When we get back, I'm going to actually, as I've announced since the beginning, 
uh, have Joey share some, a few things, and then uh, we'll get closer to the top of the hour here and closing out things. So stay tuned. You're listening to KHMG 88.1. This is Live Till 5. I'm your host, Lawrence Dangas, and for Jared Baldwin. Stay tuned. And we're back, getting near the top of the hour here, but we've been having a great time this afternoon. And if you're just joining us right now, we've had Chris here in the studio and Dr. Joy Helm with us. And uh, this is the first time up here on the radio show, been an avid listener the last month he's been on island. And uh, so we wanted to get him up here. We talked a little sports in the first hour. We've been talking kind of medical things throughout. And uh, so I wanted to give him an opportunity. Uh, there were a couple of things I was, I was asking him earlier is maybe give me uh, an interesting, crazy, funny story uh, from your time in residency or really from your time in, in, in the medical field, uh, maybe something from the States uh, in, in case something crazy has happened here, and then maybe uh, talk a little bit about your trips to Palau growing up mm-hmm. and how that happened, why it happened maybe a little bit, and maybe uh, some of the cool things you've done there uh, over time. So go ahead and you can start with either. Oh, great. Well, thanks. Well, uh, quick shout out to my sister, brother-in-law, uh, Heather and Reed, and my niece and nephew, Eliana and Landon in Palau. Um, that's my most recent uh, connection to Palau is um, my sister and her family are there. But uh, I, I first started going to Palau uh, back uh, right after uh, high school um, when my youth pastor growing up uh, was John Zimmer when they moved to Palau. So I started going out uh, to Palau for a few summers through college and medical school, um, spent few months each summer with the Zimmers, and eventually got connected with uh, Dr. Roberts, who's uh, one of the surgeons in Palau, now currently the Minister of Health, Hmm. and the Palau Hospital. And uh, they were just so gracious to me, allowing me to um, be involved and uh, uh, see how they do things there in Palau. Um, And so I've just been been there, I think, about 10 times over the years, and just have... uh, Really enjoyed getting to know the people there and, and you the speak a little of bit of it, right? I, I do I do speak a few a little dabble. Words. I won't make you so. test it out in case there's any Palauan <laughs> listeners that would judge, but uh, but uh, that's if pretty. If I see neat. him at the grocery store, I try to uh, give him a few uh, thank yous and things like that. Sure, sure. So when was the last time you were there? I was there uh, about a year ago. Uh, actually, uh, actually, maybe it was in the spring. And to I think visit you took your sister. wife. Yes, with my you. wife. We went there. She's been there once. We've been there. T- she would correct me. I think two or maybe even three times. Oh wow! Actually, okay, so. awesome. And uh, and so yeah, you've been out here to Guam probably at least three or four times. Yeah, I've probably been to Guam move. about seven or eight oh, times actually more. now. Yeah, and quite some of a those few. have been the, the travel. A lot of through. times I'd stay for about a week on my way to or from Palau. But yeah, and then three or four as far as the survey and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff out here. Okay. Yep. And then uh, talk a little bit about um, medical school and specifically maybe residency and some of the some of the parts of that. 
Yeah, I mean, residency uh, is a unique situation. So, you know, patients often ask me at the hospital, how many years of school did it take you to, you know, get here? And I tell them uh, it actually was about 13 years. So it's four years of college, four years of medical school, and then uh, five years of surgery residency. Um, so it's a long, it is a long road. And that's kind of average. Like that's, 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 that's the probably, minimum probably that you could do to be really? a surgeon at least. Some of my uh, residency classmates, so to speak, are still doing uh, specialized training in what's called a fellowship. Mm. So they still have even an extra year going on. But yes. yeah, probably 13 years is the shortest that you could do to become a surgeon. Oh, it's amazing. Which is tough. <laughs> so, so anything uh, unique or what was uh, some of the coolest stuff you saw? Well, a lot of it is uh, probably a little... Uh, graphic for the radio. So too, too graphic for our more squeamish listeners. Um, probably an interesting story that I, I was telling you earlier was uh, I was on call in the ICU um, back in Milwaukee, and one night there was a, a bad motorcycle crash. A lady uh, who was riding on the back of her husband's motorcycle fell off and uh, got a... Without a helmet. Without a helmet, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, in, in Wisconsin, helmets are not um, required. required, which is probably uh, not a wise decision, but, um, it is from it the is. home of Harley Davidson, you know, this is just the way things are. Uh, but anyway, uh, she fell off and, and had a very severe head injury and she was in the ICU. I was taking care of her. And, uh, to make a very long story short, that's actually how I ended up meeting my wife was, yeah. uh, in the care of this patient. I heard patient, about this so. very recently, actually. Uh, so, so that so, was certainly a memorable, so basically, uh, for me. well, this, the, the, the status of the, even the night was the fact that you were, uh, first year in residency or just finished one year mm-hmm. and was in charge of the entire ICU and, and she came rolling in and so and you're it. You're you're probably in your mid twenties at the time yeah. with a number of patients under your responsibility. So uh all sorts of crazy things in the medical field that happen and uh things you have to be ready for. You're on call many days and that's the one of the questions I had for you is if you were to get a call, let's say you're on right now and you get a call Sometimes you have within an hour mm-hmm. to get to the hospital, get a get a yeah, less than synopsis 30 minutes. of the story yeah. of what's here, make some decisions, and, and make it OR. happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with traumas, uh, you know, if if they're bleeding, uh, we we drop everything and and go. So yeah, got to be ready at all times. That definitely. is that is an amazing um, uh, field of work, and I, and I appreciate, I greatly appreciate the fact that there's individuals, men and women that that do that. Because uh, the worst thing that could happen here, you know, is we have a nosebleed in the hall. I shouldn't say the worst thing. <laughs> we have a nosebleed. We have, you know, uh, the toilet paper's out. You know, there, yeah. there's just emergencies that I deal with that are nothing like what a doctor might see in a day. And yeah. so I'm pumped you guys are here. Um, well, I'll tell you, one of the that. actually probably other interesting stories, going back a little bit how I ended up here, my very first night when I was a medical student on surgery, there was a gentleman who came in who had been stabbed in the back. Hmm. And um, he came in, of course, always right at like the shift change. Yes, and of course. So, um, on purpose. <laughs> you know, they yeah. plan these things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the, there was two surgeons and two residents at that time that – whisked this gentleman off to the operating room and they were all four of them, you know, just working as hard as they could to save his life. But the reason I mentioned the shift change is that a lot of the nurses um, had already uh, been gone in the other operating room staff. So uh, here I was, you know, basically first night on the, on the job, um, 
just trying to do my best to hand them supplies and run and do anything that they needed. And, and at the same time, you know, just fascinated by. So you became basically the nurse. I just became the everything, the gopher yeah. uh, extraordinaire, um, but just passing sutures and supplies and things to the uh, to the scrub tech and other uh, assistants and things. And, um, you know, and, and all the while, uh, as we were rolling up from the trauma bay, just talking to this gentleman saying, hey, st- hang in there with us, yeah. you know, don't, don't go to sleep or anything. And, um, you know, what I just loved about that was after the surgery, the patient, you know, went to the hospital room and, you know, everyone was worried about if he was going to make it or not. But within just about a week, he walked out the front door with his yeah. wife, basically as good as nude, down, down a portion of a lung, which uh, mm. he could spare. As we, As we discussed learned earlier. here a minute ago, yeah. But, uh, you know, when I saw that, I just thought, man, this is so amazing that you could just really tangibly help people um, and just save save a life in yeah. such a real way. And, um, yeah, and those are the good from stories. that, I was just hooked, you know? Yeah, those are the good stories. And probably, I, I don't want to say for every one of those, you have uh, the opposite, but uh, I do know there's hard days, basically. There's, there's hard days, but, you know, um, God gives strength. And, sure. um, you know, you just have to keep in mind that you're just doing the absolute best that you can for the patient. And, um, you know, uh, it's a team, you know, you're, you're a team with the patient to, mm-hmm. to just try to, to bring them through, you know, one of the really one of the hardest times in their life. Um, and so when you, when you think about that, um, it, it kind of helps you to just keep, keep doing it day after day. Yeah. My, uh, my sister, in fact, my youngest sister is trained to be a nurse. She's got about a year, uh, a year and a half left of college. And then my middle sister in my family is a nurse in New York city and it has always been amazing to me the amount of vocabulary that I don't know when it comes to the medical field. And and Anna loves, I don't know if she loves, I think it's just habit that when she's ever telling a story, even to me, who's 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 as, as layman as it gets when it comes to medical stuff, uses all the terminology <laughs> that, that she would use with, you know, a, a nurse next to her or even the doctor with her. It, and so I'm just like, yeah, I have no clue. It's almost like a foreign language. Uh, but it, it is truly amazing how much vocab is out there that I have no use for and need for but exists in, in, in a totally different work. It field. is so interesting. It didn't make it on your uh, list of medical facts, but I, I, I heard one time that I think it takes about 20 – thousand words to speak a foreign language. If you know 20,000 words, you'll you'll be be relatively fluent in that language. And uh, they say that in the first two years of medical school, you learn anywhere between 20 and 30,000 medical terms. Yeah. So it Sounds is, it right. is equivalent um, hundred percent to learning a, a foreign language. And, and that, you know, becomes a slight challenge, but it's, it's our job, particularly um, doctors and nurses, uh, nurses, even maybe more so sometimes than doctors of being at the front lines of kind of bringing these uh, terms down to the level that patients can understand. And, oh, yeah. you know, we, we do our best to try to, I, I, I try to be definitely conscious a, of a, it. a talent or something to pay attention to, but it also makes you that much more amazed and thankful for foreign doctors who come to America. Not only are they learning English, but then they have to yeah. learn, as you said, basically another language Unbelievable. Uh, of medical biology or medical terminology, excuse me, in English. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Joey, thank you for coming in and sharing some of those things. We're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to come back and close out Live Till 5. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a second. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, and stroll right into town. And be just like the other men. I'm tired of walking around. Oh, ooby-doo, ooby-wee. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me.
Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this And we're back with the last little segment here, wrapping up Live Tell 5. Uh, if you've joined us, uh, thank you for that. I hope you've had a, a good time with us this afternoon. We had a great time with Sebastian being here for the quiz. And then uh, Dr. Joey Helm here uh, just moved out about a month ago and uh, is, is a surgeon here on the island now. Uh, and so we're thankful to have him, have him and his wife here. But uh, at this time, we usually try to encourage you going into the weekend as you have a couple days potentially off work. And, um, and one of the verses here I wanted to share with you is Ecclesiastes 12.13. I just want to give you something simple to think about. But uh, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And uh, as you talk about here, we talked about uh, surgery and, and things like that. And, the, and beyond that, the many complications in life and how to live it and how to live it well. Uh, but the Lord quite simply here in Ecclesiastes simplifies uh, our, our whole duty. And that's, that's why I think it's so important in the last part of the verse. It says this is the whole duty. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. Fear the Lord and obey him. And, and I know in life we try to complicate things with a lot of our own decisions, and sometimes those are uh, from a lack of fear for the Lord or a lack of obedience for the Lord, and that oftentimes is what complicates life. But when you, when you fear him above everything else and obey him above everything else, uh, life, I wouldn't say, is necessarily simple, but it is good. It is right. And the Lord promises to take care of us when we're, we're obedient uh, in his word. Uh, and he says multiple times, obedience is better than sacrifice, is, is in his word as well. And, and that's how much he values us knowing his word and doing it. And so this weekend, um, if, you, if you are not planning to be uh, at church somewhere on Sunday morning, we'd love to have you here at Harvest. Uh, 9.30 Sunday School, as, as Chris spoke earlier, he's going to be having a Sunday School amongst the other ones that are going on. Uh, but if you can't make it that early, maybe 1030, come for a main service. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time together here worshiping. It's uh, part of our display of fearing the Lord and obeying his commandments is, is, is joining together as a church. And then in the afternoon, we have watch care groups. And I'm looking forward to hosting uh, the second watch care of the year. We had one about a month ago, a little over a month ago, but we're having our second one. And uh, it's where the church just breaks up into small groups and uh, gets to know each other on a, on a little bit more of a small-scale level at each other's houses and with usually, in fact, always great food. Uh, but if you're listening and would like to, maybe the church size is a little bit much for you, but come and, and try to get joined up with one of those watch care groups. They're one of the greatest tools we have here uh, for breaking down the church into small groups and getting to know each other a little bit better and how to pray for each other, how to support each other, and as, as we, we walk in the Christian life. But we are looking forward to a great time there. And then uh, in the next week, I do believe Jared will be back. But um, uh, thank you for being with us today. I know we try to have a lot of fun up here, try to keep it entertaining. And hopefully maybe some of the things we shared here as far as the medical goes has been educational as well. But uh, I do appreciate Chris running the board today and, and Sebastian with the quiz the hub with the drinks and Dr. Joy Helm being up here with us with some of the medical uh, terminology and, and fun for today. So you've been listening to Live Till 5 on 88.1 KHMG. 
Uh, we will be playing it again on noon to two tomorrow and seven to nine on Sunday night. Uh, if you missed any part of this, be happy to have you tune in. But uh, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to a great weekend and another week before we join you again for next Friday's Live Till 5. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in.